Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Comic Chronicle Podcast. I'm your guys' host, Dakota Morgan, coming to you from Phoenix, Arizona. Today on the show, we have ourselves a wonderful guest. Karina Becco is on the show. She's a writer for DC, as well as many different comics and short stories and a lot of other things. Man, it is a geek out episode today. We enjoyed it so She's a writer in comics, like myself, and you guys know. But she also, like myself, works with animals and dinosaurs and is a fellow dinosaur fan and stuff, too. We geek out about a lot of animal stuff and a lot of dinosaur stuff as well. But we also do talk about Green Lantern because she wrote for Green Lantern Earth 1, mind you. That Green Lantern story, like a really badass one, she wrote it. So we have her on the show. We talk a little bit about animal health and stuff like that as well, too. And some fun stories about us as writers. And you're going to be fascinated. She deep dives in a lot of shit. And I like Playboy Mansion Zoo. That's right. You heard it. You really did. And so much more. But I do want to say is thank you guys for tuning into this episode. It means the world. And what it also mean the world is if you guys check out the Redbubble store. That's right. We have a Redbubble store. The link's going to be in the bio of this episode in the show notes. You guys are going to hear commercial about talking about all of it too as well. But as well too is if you guys want to subscribe. It means the world if you subscribe as well. And also follow us on social media. On Twitter, I'm at Dakota Morgan 3, and on Instagram, at Dakota underscore Morgan 97 on Instagram. And you guys, subscribe on whatever you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, which I think Stitcher is dead, but I think it's still going. I don't know anymore. Spotify and comicchronicle.podbean.com are lots of possible places for you to listen to. And I've recorded a bunch of these recently in the past couple of weeks, so I don't know what the future is going to be like. This is a pre election, mind you, so I don't know what the future is going to be like, but. Hopefully you guys are staying safe. Hopefully the world is still in a medium sense of okay. COVID cases are on the rise. So make sure you guys are wearing your fucking mask and washing your hands. Please. I want to live. I got shit to live for. I got the Marvel Phase 5 to live for right now, okay? Fuck my girlfriend. I got Marvel Phase 5. <laughs> She's just sitting right next to me in the home studio. Kidding. So without further ado, though, folks, I love her to death. <laughs> without further ado... Let's get to my talk, though, with Corina. So I like to start the show, like this laid-back show that we do. I really like to start the show, though, as I do with every guest that I have on the show. Corina, welcome to the show. Thank you. Of course. And I got to say, this is going to be interesting because we actually relate on a lot of stuff we do for work, to be honest. I'm, and it may, that sounds cryptic and kind of weird. But it's we both have a background, one in writing, two with animals. That's my favorite kind of cryptic. Yeah. <laughs> kind of, yeah. I mean, it works. But I saw on your, when I saw your Twitter, I was like, you know what? Let me give her a follow because obviously I read Green Lantern and I loved it. Thank you. Like, of course. And as a fellow comic book writer, I'm like, I write like six series right now. Hopefully seven soon, hopefully. And oh, yeah, that's, that's a lot of work. And also, too, I work and I saw and I'm like, oh, my God, she does this. She works in fossils. Like, likewise, too, I used to work at a fossil lab here in Arizona and I used to work at a zoo for four years. Now, currently for my day job, I work at an animal hospital at, mm -hmm. for oncology. So, yeah, like, I'm thinking like she's like the female version of me. Holy uh, that, crap. that is so parallel. That's amazing. Where in Arizona? Uh, Phoenix. Phoenix. I'm trying to think what the fossil labs are in Arizona. Their one is the Southwest. It's for the, not, not the Midwest. That's the one I have been <laughs> did an interview on not too long ago. It's the Southwest Museum of Natural History. Oh, yes, of course. Yeah. Wow. And so, we, yeah, and it's, um, the program used to do there is you could bring in people for really all over, like any age. Well, the age, you don't want like a five-year-old running around on a fossil lab. True. But, you know, <laughs> teenagers and kitten, young adults and adults, too. We have paleontologists that have run the show or run the program there for Southwest Paleontological Society. I did that for a couple of years, went on a few digs, dug up a glyptotherium, worked on a brachiosaurus, uh, what was it, saber-toothed big cat or saber-toothed cat, worked on, we had like a huge thing in there. And it was volunteer work, of course, you're not being paid for, but to be able to <laughs> do this stuff there, I, it was amazing. Did that for years and... Greatest job in the world. I'm I'm going through total withdrawal this year. It's the first year in three, four years that I haven't gotten out in the field in the summer, and it's uh yeah, it's a it's a it's a blow. <laughs> it's true. But well, I don't know because there's some people who I know who were going out in the field in the summertime, and there's some people who were doing 
lab work and such like that. And I think it's very rare, but some people are going out in the field. Yeah, yeah, a couple of friends of mine did. and um, But usually uh, the dig site that we've been active at is is really large and it takes a lot of people working in close uh, quarters. Uh, so uh, out of an abundance of caution, even though it's obviously outside and, uh, you know, very hot, but a lot of sunlight, it's still, eh, you know, communal cooking is not really something that should happen right now. No, <laughs> no, you don't want it. Well, I... It kind of reminds me because I made a joke the other day to someone and they're like, what was your fitness program for those couple of years if you were doing work at the zoo and then doing the stuff at the fossil lab? I'm like, well, my program was science. Like, what are you talking about? I'm like, do you think fossils are light? Do you think like, and it's really hard to dig them up. Let me tell you, it's a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah. Some of them take a jackhammer. So yeah. Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> or, or like construction vehicles or anything like that. Like, oh, we had one. It was an Elefante family. It was in the Mastodon family. And I'm trying to, trying to think exactly which one it was i know the picture of it i did never remember his name and i love him because he's the one with the jaw who turns into two tusks on the bottom and oh yes I, is that a um gosh is that a gompotherium yes 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 yes, yes. and one of those guys and was on the hood of a pickup truck and i remember when it first came in if the folks listening right now we are going to get in the comics don't worry but when, we, when we got into there like i remember i got in i'm like why is that a hood of a pickup truck i said oh we that's the only thing we could use when we got it out a few years ago like get out of town they're like oh yeah and it was helicopter lifted and you could see where the hooks were for the helicopter rope people don't believe this happens and they don't <laughs> ever believe it like i read i heard a story on a podcast the other day these guys dug up a brachiosaur like this very pristine brachiosaurus and they dug it out and it was in the middle of nowhere so they had to rent horses and wagons and they brought <gasps> it out with horses yeah i was like holy shit that's amazing <laughs> that actually is amazing Oh. oh gosh, we only had uh, donkeys wandering onto our dick site. We didn't actually put them to work, though. <laughs> <laughs> you maybe could. Oh, it's a donkey. I don't know. That yeah, would be they might be, be a little stubborn about that. Yeah, just, just a little bit. We so you've done fossil work. You've done. You had some background in the zoology, and then I was drawing yeah. a blank on the animal in your old Skype photo in there. How did that start? About we'll get the comics. Don't worry. <laughs> so I got you on the show, but I'm like, shit, we get to geek out about everything today. Well, to be fair, all of my comics do have animals in them. So, yeah, I have a background in zoology. Um, I, that's what I went to school for. And I did work at the LA Zoo for a while doing research, mostly on apes, great apes, and uh, some on elephants, and also on red river hogs. And then I did work at a wild animal hospital for a while, about oh, wow. five years. That was over there in near Malibu. So we got to rescue lots of seal sea lions and elephant seals off of really rich people's uh, beachfront property. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, th oh, that sounds like an adventure. You know what? People often say that I get this a lot. And people, I, it's for people who have, I don't want to say one thing else, but they're like jobs where they're like, oh, we get so bored all the time. You got to get bored at your job a lot. And the immediate answer is hell no. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Like between the zoo, I mean the craziest shit that happens at the zoo, you know, and you know working there, working at an, an oncology center, it's and then also with fossils back in the day too. Like you know, it's you never get bored, and also writing comics and books. Like I have a paleontological book I'm working on right now. Like you never get bored. You never. No, I totally agree with that. I, that is not. None of these are. I can't remember the last time I was bored. Yeah. <laughs> if you get bored, oftentimes something crazy is about to happen. It really, like, uh, like, oh, I'm kind of bored, you know? Nothing's really going on. Shit will hit the fans so hard. <laughs> oh, definitely. Yeah, I also spent a um, well, another five years or so working at a um, private zoo that was at the Playboy Mansion, and uh, that was not boring either. <laughs> How did you, you, Karina, you were blowing my mind. I never even knew. <laughs> is this still open? My Well, pre-COVID, <laughs> is the zoo, zoo still open? No, it's not. Oh, thank not God. It was, yeah, it was, um, it was when, uh, Mr. Hefner was alive mm. and yeah, he had a permit to have a zoo on his property and I got to give him some credit because a lot of his animals were rescues, you know, LA has okay, okay. animals come in through the ports and whatever, and then only so many animals can go to LA zoo. So mm -hmm. yeah, we had, and at one point he rescued 50 squirrel monkeys from a Jeez. lab that was going out of business in the Midwest. So 
yeah, it was an exciting show. <laughs> wow. Okay. That's, I was about to say, wait, was this Tiger King scenario? Because it is yeah, like, if you're no, breaking nothing. the lid on this shit, like that would have been amazing. You could get a lot of money yeah. on Netflix. You really could. No, we were not doing um, anything like that. There was nothing okay. uh, weird and shady, but we did have Chuck Woolery's uh, cockatoo that he didn't want anymore. So. <laughs> Hey guys and gals, Dakota here with a quick little ad break for you. So folks, we always know the classic saying, wear your freak flag high. Now you can, because the Comic Chronicle podcast now has its own little merch line on Redbubble. That's right, folks, we have our own little merch line with some fun little logos. Of course, our Man of Steel-esque logo for the Comic Chronicle podcast you can get on mugs, t-shirts, sweaters, posters, prints, all sorts of stuff like that on there. And of course, we sell some exclusives that you may be interested in in this new world era that we live in. One of those designs we feature is the little branding called Vigilante in Training. Let people know when you wear your mask or if you want to get a sticker version of the little iconic logo there. Rough dick, a little uh, pat, or stamp on there on your mask that's blue, a little dark blue. Vigilante in Training. Or if you want, we have in a word bubble on there, trying to best to explain this on a podcast, in a word bubble, make comics, not war. Get that on t-shirts, sweaters, posters, a mask, buttons, phone cases, all sorts of stuff like that on there. And of course, lastly, we have Blockbuster Kid. Take on the Blockbuster logo. You know, a lot of us, like myself, we grew up a Blockbuster. Or, you know, you're a semi-medium age adult and you like Blockbuster too. You want to support the past and keep a little bit of retro on there. You can do that too. Get your t-shirts, masks, buttons, stickers with Blockbuster Kid written on there too. You can check out the store for the Comic Chronicle podcast on Redbubble. And an easier way to do so is you can click the link in the show notes below. And that will help you guys and take you straight down to it. Go to Explore Designs and see what all the fun stuff we have for you guys. See the logos for yourself and support the podcast all in the same sense i give you guys stuff for free which is the podcast and now we give you some merch wear that freak flag high folks so thanks for tuning into this episode and without further ado let's take it back to dakota from the past i so how with all of this because this is often what people ask me the people ask me this all the time like, how did you do all that stuff before like might i add to work to jack hanna i want i've noticed this on record before i worked to jack hanna on a show once Wonderful, wow! Wonderful man. I found his autograph the other day too. It made me think of it. I'm like, I was 12 or 13. He he talked to me for like two hours. Oh, he did not have to do that. And he's like, you're 12, 13. I'm like, yeah. He's like, you're the over the age of 10. Come here. Here's my penguin trainer. Here's for the African black penguins. Here's, um, here's the golden eagle over so here. Happy. Here's the cheetah. Oh yeah. It's like, he's wonderful guy. I did not expect it. And he was a small town he came to too. Back when I volunteered at a Midwest museum, back oh, in Illinois. Wow. Oh, yeah, and he was so sweet, you know, because I used to take care of snakes, and I was taking care of black mamba and, like, a 14-foot-long python. Like, wow, nice. princess got to, like, 13. You know. <laughs> she never was princess, but she was far from it. My God, she was, like, ugh, ugh. But, yeah, I wanted to get that on a record because I didn't – people often tell me, that, how was he, how was he? But, yeah, but I am curious, though. How did you become a writer, and especially working comics? Yeah, you know, it's funny. Um, well, Gabriel Hardman, uh, my husband, was uh, he was working in comics way early on. And then um, he was working in movies. And eventually we made a comic together kind of for fun, which is a horror comic. I'm from Florida. And it nice. was, yeah, it was, you know, speaking of snakes, right? Yeah. So this was set in the Everglades. And it was sort of a love letter to my former home and the weirdness that is Florida. And we were lucky enough to have it picked up by Shadowline, Image Shadowline. So mm -hmm. yeah, and after that, I just kind of, it's it's funny, it's like all of my jobs, I just kind of fell into doing it. And it's like, well, this is actually really cool. I mean, I had been writing other things and short stories and had a lot of like horror shorts published in various, mm -hmm. you know, ghost story anthology of canada you know things like that Anth oh. yeah. so and then i started doing a couple of things like i did um a, a book that was vampirella versus aliens and a couple of i things. need this i need this book i want this book Actually, <laughs> a lot better than you would think because it turns out vampirella can uh, survive a chest burster so you know oh. <laughs> We live in a wonderful world where aliens are making a comeback, and I love it. So, yeah, I know. So I just kind of, I just, actually, I was just really lucky. A lot of what I've done in my life, I've just been really lucky, known people that were willing to give me a break or 
known animals that introduced me to people or that sort of thing. So, which, yeah, it's, I think it's almost, it can be said for all the stuff we do. It's very much so with animals, with anything like that, and, and writing in comics, especially too. And people often think, oh my God, you must have did this really good thing or went to school or anything like that. But a lot of times in comics, you do fall into it. And I don't think a lot of people recognize that. Hell, That's with animals, you do too. It's, yeah. it's really weird. It's very weird. I, I, I don't know what the thought process Maybe it's because, like, most things, like, oh, you need to go to college, you need to do stuff too. When there is a comic book college, and it is good if you go to school and call it for animals, especially, it's really good if you do that. But oftentimes, like to get the best jobs that you want, you just tend to fall into it. Yeah, just kind of like most of the jobs I've, I've had that have been my best jobs, I just started out because I loved the work and I volunteered. And if you keep showing up and you keep hanging around and you're semi competent, eventually people might be like, you know, maybe you could do this. For money? Yeah, that's the thing. And when you hear that the first time, you're like, I can get paid to do this? Right. Are you shitting me? Like, the first time I got paid for a comic book, I'm like, man, what do I buy with this money? I kind of want to, like, what do I do? <laughs> what if I feel dirty. What is this? Got to mark something. You got to mark yeah. it. This, this sacred t- tiny paycheck I got. <laughs> oh, my God. I'll, I, I'll, you know what? I'll say it on record. I have zero qualms. Like, I'm a collector of many different things. And... I think I bought like a Jurassic World toy with it or something like that at the time. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to buy something that harkens back to my childhood. All right, let's yeah. do it. I have a bunch of those too, I have to admit. Do you really? <laughs> oh, of course. Oh. Anything dinosaur, that's, yeah. <laughs> it, it's very true. It's very true. I will admit too, I do have, I don't know if you have any, but I have, I'm not talking I have a T-Rex bone or anything like that. I have a few fossils actually in my home studio. Um, I have... Actually, a stingray tooth I was given to by a keeper I used to work with at with stingrays. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Those are cool. Those weird, flat-looking. Yeah, and they got, like, serrations on one side, yeah. and they, they barely they barely ever fossilize. But, yeah, I was able to get small as hell. Probably, like, <laughs> half an inch. Um, I got fossilized coral, um, some stuff from the Ice Age. I remember when exactly top of my head when I went for the glyptotherium, and it was uh, leftovers from a saber-toothed cat meal. It was like a rat of some type. We don't know what, but we figured it was oh, kind of a rat. Um, that's very cool. Look, um, I got fossilized root from the same area as well, too. And then uh, this is like my list of stuff people are going to break into my <laughs> studio for. I don't know I want to continue. It's nothing bad. I was giving this stuff as gifts. Uh, and then I got a mosasaurus tooth as well. Oh, that is very cool. They're so crazy. Yeah, Yeah, I uh, actually my my best piece is not a fossil. I got it at a prop house here in LA. It's a life size ankylosaur that's made out of fiberglass. You have a life. It's small though. It's the it's the kind. It's a minmi, the kind that live in Australia. Lived in Australia, so it's it's maybe five feet long. And but it's it's strong, so you can actually sit on it. <laughs> but it's light enough that I can pick it up and carry it around. <laughs> You're doing a better life than me because my God, <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, again, oh. I got really lucky. Uh, uh, this prop house um, it moved because you know it's expensive to be in LA, and they moved to the Midwest where they make a lot of um, horror stuff, and it mostly had horror. Props like you know bloody heads and yeah. hearts and jars and stuff like that and there's an ankylosaur sitting there. <laughs> I would kill. How much did you pay for him? If you want, if you want to get disclosed, that you don't have to if you don't want to. But how much? No, did you no, it's fine. It, um, I'm trying to remember now. I actually did spend a royalty check on it, which was not a huge one. I think it was about 175 dollars. <laughs> <laughs> That's another behind-the-scenes business thing is people sometimes think royalty checks are always going to be huge. No, they decline after a while. They, <laughs> they don't. Yeah. Sometimes they don't start out that big. I got one from D.C. the other day that I think it was $16. <laughs> <laughs> I got you beat. I got the biggest royalty check you'll ever admit, and this is quote-unquote biggest, mind you. This isn't like – I want you to think – how much do you think it was? I, this is a, okay. This is a real check I got from royalties. Did it, did it, was it for less than the price of the stamp that they said it was? <laughs> because I got one of those once. 
Yeah, it was a penny. Oh, no. I opened it up. I'm like, oh, sweet. I can use some extra cash from this project I did a while back. No problem. I opened it up. Here's one penny. Like, oh, what I can't hell? even spend the gas to drive to the bank to cash this thing. I grew up at a dollar store where there was candy you could get for 25 cents. You couldn't even get one of those. Like, no. oh, oh man. Throw a wishing well, maybe. Not yeah, throw a check in the wishing well. <laughs> That'd be amazing. What are you doing? Are you throwing a check in there? It's a penny. Oh, okay. It's a penny. It's it's biodegradable. Yeah. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> oh man. Well, so you started with, I mean, like, I don't know how. Like, you started the writing, but obviously, you did something really good. Obviously, I, I can't mince words on this one and say. You do have some major writing talent, mind you. That I was oh, like, I, I gotta get her on the show. Yeah, of course, of course. So it's true. Like, and then I discovered so much more. But you know, it's one of those things where how the hell did DC end up calling you? Was it one of those they saw your work and they're like, hey, you want to come on Green Lantern? Because that's far. Like, we're not talking like Earth or anything like that. We're talking Green Lantern that deals yeah. with space. You know, it's funny. It's, um, I think, again, I, I'm just lucky I've, I've met a lot of really nice people in comics, and um, having a really talented collaborator is really helpful. So, That's true. That's very um, true. Yeah. So Gabriel, um, actually, we were on tap to do, there were a couple of other things that didn't go forward first, where we had been talking to them about, oh, relaunching this or relaunching that. One of them was... Um, Metal men, in fact. Oh, yes. <laughs> but, you know, things, a lot of things for, I think, for in comics, for everything that I've actually had published, you know, there's probably three or four things that didn't quite make it out of the gate. So, which is normal, which is no, that's absolutely normal. Yeah. Like, yeah. One reason or another, somebody loses the license or they pick somebody else's, you know, sometimes it's a bake off and they pick somebody else's idea. But, I feel like with Green Lantern, we got really lucky because since it was an Earth One book, we didn't have to fit into all of the existing continuity. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's do whatever you want. It's like, here's Earth One. Yeah. Like, you can do whatever. You know what? Earth One, the birthday boy exists. That definitely means you can do whatever the hell you want. <laughs> right? It makes it so much... I mean, sometimes it can be fun to play with continuity. I mean, I've certainly done many different licensed things where they were like no this is very much like this has to conform yeah. worked on some star wars before um before it you know went to disney and stuff like that where they're like no continuity is definitely a thing <laughs> it, ex but it exists please follow it, it's like here it is but uh, this was actually a great opportunity because you know i love space science and i love science fiction and even though I tend to write more horror, I also really like um, some lighter sci-fi stuff. And it was really fun to turn to that and not be bound up in me. Because, I mean, gosh, the Green Lantern continuity is really, really tangled. Oh, it's it's like 1984 curly hair, curly hair sprayed and just poofy type of tangled. We are like, I don't even know what's what. <laughs> and they're yeah. like... Ugh. And I make it known, I do love Green Lantern with a passion. I really do. But it is, whoo, that's, that's a whole book you could write just on Green Lantern continuity, to be honest. Absolutely. And I read a ton of it before, you know, before we embarked on the project. And I mean, from the origins, it's, you know, he's changed so much. And there are so many different ideas of what he was like and how he handled things and who was involved. and. Oh my gosh. And I know that they, there's hard stops, of course, where it's like, okay, so all of that continuity is thrown out. We're starting from scratch. But it's, for some reason, Green Lantern just attracts, it's like he's like a magnet, you know? Like <laughs> Hal, at least, is like a magnet. It's just, true. Everything, like, I, I guess it's because there's so many different characters that can go alongside him. It seems like even at points when, They'd be like, okay, we're going to reboot this. And then within a couple of months, it's just tangled up again. So. Yeah, it's it's very, it's one of those, like, it's very tough to write for. And yeah. there's, like, Green Lantern's one where it's, like, the big names that you know of. Like, one of the ones they found out that at 
first it was tough to write for was, and you're going to laugh at this because actually one of my comics involves dinosaurs, not in like a fun, like sciencey kind of way too, where we actually, Yay. yeah, I know, right? They're like, well, what would you, what are you going to do? Is it, we want to have this in there. Like, no, 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 no. Like, well, what are we going to do? We're going to do the ones that were alive in the late Cretaceous because those are the last ones that would be, we're going to just choose that and go with it. Like, well, that yeah, limit's it's... like, what? yeah, right. Like the one survived on an island. We're going to do late Cretaceous and they evolved because that's what that keep it. We're not going to do ones from the Triassic or the Jurassic in there. Too. No, 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 no. Yeah, no, that would be a tough, that would be a long haul. <laughs> yeah, right. Because then, because then people like me and you would be like, hey, wait a minute here. Yeah, what's, <laughs> what's that going on? Yeah, what the hell? <laughs> so I found out writing for dinosaurs was actually kind of tough, but then I couldn't even imagine writing for Green Lantern. And I love how, like, <laughs> I, it's oh. funny you should say that because I've recently done a couple of projects where I also wrote for dinosaurs and you're right it is actually really tough because unlike Green Lantern where you can fudge stuff and go well you know really uh, my continuity is this with the dinosaurs between the time I had written I had just written something about Spinosaurus last oh no and uh, yeah oh. all, you saw all that new research came out and I was <sighs> like Oops. <laughs> yeah, like, oh. Uh, what can you do? It's true. And you know what? I Also, at one point of record, I love that new Spinosaurus, by the way. Yeah, I, I, do oh, I wish I'd known, you know? Yeah, right? You do. Someone heard, so what was the name someone gave me the other day? Oh, it was, oh, uh, the killer, killer Swan or something like that. Because it's like, uh, when it gets out of the water, it's kind of weird, but... You know, yeah. and it's got that kind of shape to it where they're like, yeah, it's the dinosaur swan. Or even better, the killer swan. I heard that yes. and I was amazed. Yeah, oh. yeah. <laughs> oh. But yeah, that had to be... Well, I think, though, kind of touching upon it again is I think writing for dinosaurs, it's tough. In comics, it was, too. I don't, I don't want you to spoil anything or get in trouble, so I don't want you, you don't have to mention anything. But is you're trying to write for dinosaurs is well, you got to do what's not been done. And that's tough because it's yeah. been going so long. There's been so many. We're at the point now where there was a movie about a Velociraptor pastor. Like we're we're at that point. Oh my god! Yeah, he's like I a werewolf. Watched, so you know. You, that, you watched it? Yeah, I didn't see the whole thing because it was a weird streaming thing that cut out partway. But yeah, I did. That was some deity telling you just stop. Yeah, <laughs> yeah just that's that was enough. Or, you, or whatever was like no enough no. <laughs> you're, you're enough of this oh <laughs> man that yeah it would it's a tough thing it's also i think in, when you're writing for characters and you're writing for certain subjects not all subjects because if you're creating one of your own then you're fine like giant monsters is another one i write for doing that's been tough too like when i told them like hey i want to pitch a giant monster comic they're like okay put something together and then i sat down at the company work for sggs comics and i sat oh. down and i'm like shit this is gonna be tough because right? they're like, yeah, yeah, you got to prove, figure out your own story and shit. Like, okay, because they're all creative own books, I do. But to sit down and figure it out, you're like, oh, no, what can I do? It's not been taken. It's like, oh. Like, it's it's that tough. And it had to be, was it that way with Green Lantern 2? Like, with continuity, you don't want to, like, trample on someone who's been doing it. Was it in that continuity kind of meshed pile of spaghetti as well? Well, I mean, yeah, it, it... It's a funny thing because in something like Green Lantern, it's like with the Earth One books, we had to think about doing our own thing. But then we also had to make sure that they were recognizably the same characters that everybody knew and loved. Mm -hmm. So it was almost like a different sort of challenge than some other things because even though we were creating our own spin on it, it couldn't go so far off, you know, you couldn't still had to have a, uh, you know, the, the ring for one thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even, yeah. Space. You would think, hey, Can't you know what? Under, they've yeah. written those things. Karina, I'll be honest. They've written those things where they did not have those. So hell well, it's possible. Yeah. <laughs> but, but for, for what's essentially a reboot in a way, it, it felt like there were certain things that just had to get in there. So a lot of what we talked about initially was just what are the essential characters that we want to tell in a story that's the type of story we want to tell. 
And after we got that nailed down, then it was sort of looking at, okay, what are the essentials of these characters' personalities? And we're like, okay, well, that kind of skips all over the place too. Or which ones do we want for our story? So with that, it was sort of like we just, it was almost, I don't know, like making a, a sculpture, like chipping away what we didn't want instead of adding like a painting, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, you have to, you have to find down, like refine or chip down or someone put, who was it? It was someone, a friend of mine, and I know, I remember he worked at DC at one point. Trying to, uh, he's gonna kill me. He's, he, I know he listens, and I'm drawing a blank. Um, but he said you gotta sculpt your comic. You have to sculpt what your character is trying to do for character development, for understanding and stuff like that. It's all about sculpting your art piece from the material that's already there. Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And, um, you know, and Gabriel is uh really, you know, he works for films and that kind of stuff. He's yeah, very focused also on action beats and how to make sure things are suspenseful and that sort of thing. And he does that in the art and also in the writing. So then it's, it's sort of, okay, we have these essentials. Now we got to put these essentials into a story that is exciting and has stakes, but also seems like these characters make sense in that story. So I feel like, you know, obviously he, he did a ton on on making sure that worked and that all everybody looked correct and looked like because that's the other thing too you have to capture them in a way in comics that they look like the characters that you know and love but they also look like they belong in this particular story so it's it's funny i feel like in that way comics are sort of their own thing compared to i don't know writing a a novel or something yeah well that's what I was curious on too, is which do you prefer? Because honestly, I've written for book books and scientific papers as well. And mm-hmm. obviously medical papers, because you gotta write those up. They feel like papers when you have oh, to yeah. type a report. Oh my god. <laughs> Actually, for animals, holy crap. Let me tell you, the oncology center's not been kind in that type of thing when I have to type up something like that. But Oh goodness. Oh yeah. But I can imagine. Hey folks, Dakota here with a little bit of an ad break, but this is one you definitely want to listen to if you guys are a comic fan, which you are if you're listening to the show. You guys like comics and you like reading them in person. Well, let me tell you, go to Drawn the Comics in Glendale, Arizona. This is not just a hype thing for this ad, let me tell you. I've been going there for years. I've had Cam Brown on the show all the time. Such a good guy. It's such a good community. Everyone who works there, they know you. They, you get your box number. You get your thing. You get all you need to do there. You get your collectible toys, car, whatever it may be, comics. It's all there for you guys. That's Drawn the Comics in Glendale, Arizona. Here's the address, 5801 West Glendale Avenue, Glendale, Arizona, in downtown Glendale. And if you guys want to visit them, you can visit them, drawntocomics.com, or find them on social media, and the number is 623-847-9090. You give them a call. Definitely, guys, I love going to the store. And this is not a fucking lie. I love going. It's so amazing. Thanks, everyone. And hopefully... You guys check them out if you're in Arizona or maybe passing through. Remember, guys, draw on the comics. Go check it out for your books. Reading books in person is so much better than digital. But I love digital, too, so it's a little bit of a toss-up. Support brick-and-mortar companies. We definitely need you to. Thanks, everyone. And now, without further ado, I'm going to take it back to future me. Yeah, it's uh, in comics, too. But I'm curious on your front here, which do you prefer doing? Do you prefer writing such as, you know, novels? Or poetry, anything like that, along or short stories, or do you prefer all that section, or do you prefer writing comics? Like, which one do you think is one you prefer because it's easier or whatnot as well for your type of thing? Because every writer's different. But I'm curious on your side. You know, it's a funny thing because I I feel like I used to be more like, oh, it's easier to do this than to do that. But now I kind of feel like it's becomes easier when you figure out what medium the story, whichever story you're telling wants to be in, because there's some Mm. things that really want to be comics. And then there's some things that I've tried to bash into being a comic that obviously want to live as a novel or something like that, because maybe the story is more interior. And, you know, in comics, you get too many voiceovers. It's a little distracting. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And sometimes it's better to see some stories though with a comic kind of like going on what you're talking about something yeah exactly some things are very visual some things you really want to be able to see the 
expressions on people's faces and they live in that more than in the interior thoughts. So I feel like it's sort of just, it depends on the project. And lately I've been doing some uh, technical writing just as a side job too, which I went into thinking, well, I'll make some bank. And then it turns out it's actually really fascinating because I'm working with this company where they, it's usability testing. So they're basically watching how people use different things, websites say, or or magazines. And then it's, it's almost, it's a lot like my days back at the zoo where I was doing behavioral research, which was watching animals and collating data and finding results based not on, because a lot of times it turns out what people tell you in the intro before they take the test, they'll be like, oh, I do this and I do that. And then you watch them and you're like, eh, you really don't. <laughs> so yeah. that is taking a lot of, um, what I realized after a while is, oh, it's taking the data and all these random bits of information and forming it into a story. Because then what you hand the client at the end of all of this is basically a narrative structure that is tells the story of how people use their magazine or their their website or whatever. And it's like, you know, I didn't expect to like this kind of writing, but it actually is also telling a story. So, you know, maybe it's not as creatively fulfilling as writing a comic, but it's for what it is. It can be actually really interesting too. So I don't know. I Which think is I just good. like yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I it's almost in the sense like if we if we both love writing. And you know, people listening to the show, there's a lot of writers at all over the place, whether they work in comics or they don't. You know, and there's a few film writers who I know listen. But <laughs> the thing is, like, when you love it, you tend to like any form of it. Like people are like, oh, you only write like these adventure, you know, sometimes romantic, sometimes uh, sci-fi comics and whatnot, and then film tie-ins and sort of stuff like that, and also films. Like, yeah, yeah. But I also like to write poetry every now and then, or a short story or something like that. Almost like, if you like it. You really enjoy doing it. You'll like any form that comes in with it. Right? Yeah, exactly. And it'll be, which I guess the flip side of that is if you really like it, it'll also always be difficult because you always feel like, oh, it's not good enough. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, that's with any, that's everything in the arts. That's everything, I think, if you're really, yeah, it's that and everything in the arts because we know who the worst critic is in each one of our careers, and that's called ourselves. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, like oh. even with the technical writing, I thought, well, this I'll just dash this out and it'll be done. And I find myself fiddling over, you know, word choices in the reports. And I'm like, what are you doing now? Yeah, oh, my God. Yeah, like it, no, no, None of my comics are in the stores. We're trying to get them all printed out, but COVID sucks. So that's been proven to be it difficult. It's, but It's been terrible for getting comics out. Oh, oh my God. Oh, we've been really trying. So ours have been digital online stuff on social medias and uh, comicsology a little bit. I think some around it now. But we've been trying to do that. And every time one is about to come out, like the day beforehand, if one ever come out, especially before it's COVID too, I always was like really fidgety and I could not sleep the night before. I'm like watching videos. I'm like all this shit like that. It's like, oh my God. Oh God! Like I know how many I know the fan base, and it's hundreds of thousands of people for each one of these books. I don't yep. want to disappoint because. Ugh. And it's, you just uh, know if there's a typo in there, you will not find it until after. <laughs> oh my God! Yeah. Oh, it's published. The art's done. Everything's done, and you're rereading it. You're like, oh yeah, let's, let me reread it, like with the fans and stuff. And I'm reading through it. Ah shit! <laughs> no, no! Damn it! <laughs> Oh, uh, and it's a typo, and they know, and they're like, "Oh, there's a typo here." And I'm like, "No, it's not. Just keep reading. Just don't. <laughs> you don't have the typo. Just too late for a typo. It's impossible. It can't be in there." <laughs> no, yeah, no. Your eyes deceiving you. You need glasses. I'm sorry, yeah. you're going blind. <laughs> That's all it is. It's it's oh. yeah. Obviously, it can't be me. Of course, I found a yes. typo in New York Times story this morning. So you know. Did you really? And, yeah. <laughs> amazing oh god you know do you want to put them on blast on who what it was like was it a very important article or was it was it like something not so important something it was something uh covid related so i know it was something that they were trying to get out quickly but um it was just missing the word of in in a sense yeah oh wow Oh, uh, someone, someone definitely might be listening. Is like, who knew? 
my heart just went out to to them i have to say oh it <laughs> like, does every time people are like oh do you critique writers i said fuck no right? <laughs> why would i do that that sounds so mean they're like oh but what about fellow comic writers you got to critique them you guys critique each other's work I'm like no we play roast but then in the end we hug each other and i'm like oh i'm sorry we don't i don't mean that because because <laughs> yeah. no you can't do that it's the one profession where it's like you can't because if that's the case it's over <laughs> Because yes. you'd be like, oh, my God, I suck so bad. This is so terrible. Like, oh, and, and it hits you no matter what. Like, oh, 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 totally. Yeah, I have two different writing groups. And our writing groups are basically for gentle criticism before something comes out. And after it's out, absolute, full-fledged, yay, you did the thing, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's, oh, yeah, it's. And we have we have to have thick skin too because you know over on general we work in the animal field so mm-hmm. or have done work in animal field so we definitely have to have thick skin. But when it oh, comes yeah. to writing, that thick skin goes down to a millimeter. Oh, always! I keep working on toughening it up, and uh, yeah, it's 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 hard. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. It. And again, like, this goes into the weird, boring thing, but like I did an emergency operation and helped with the emergency op on a guinea pig yet yeah, two days ago as a oh, recording. Yeah, I've never it was a guinea pig. You never had your like never had one before? No, I've never had one and I've never worked on one either. Oh, let me tell you, they're interesting. I don't want to give too much details because privacy and such, but this is a it it was a very interesting one with the the future kind of looking eh, a little bit for him. But <laughs> it, we're like, oh my god, like what shot we're we gonna get? And the doctor's with me and we're kind of going in and we're like, the shot's too big, and we're trying to find the vein, there's a muscle on there, like, oh no. And we're all of a sudden like we got to use an insulin shot. I'm like, God damn, that would work. And like, yeah, okay, let's use the insulin shot. And meanwhile, this doctor has like seven, eight degrees. She's very smart. Dr. Hershey at IVO. I don't oh. know. Yeah, yeah. That's integrative veterinary oncology. Like, right. yeah, you need it. Yeah, she she knows her shit. And so we're like, okay, let's get this. Let's get the insulin pin in this. Like, huh, I'll be damned. Because it was like a thin needle. You needed a thinner needle to be able to get the vein and stuff like that as well. Right. It was very crazy. I would never that figure is- insulin. That is really clever. Well, we, it was an, and people, people may be thinking like, well, why did you do an IV or anything like that? I want to correct and say this was an emergency scenario and none of the equipment was out because it was the end of day and we were all about yeah. ready to the hospital. So we had to do an emergency. I want to make that clear so people know. No, having, having worked in, in a wildlife hospital and, uh, you know, you don't always have everything that you need because you never know it's not like humans where it's like everything kind of fits i mean i know there's kids and adults but yeah Yeah. when i worked at the wildlife center here we would take we treated hummingbirds we treated pelicans coyotes you know not the same equipment works on everything and if all of a sudden you had a you know a goose come in and you'd just been working on songbirds all day you didn't have everything out exactly exactly and i and also too, we don't really work on exotics we have them because we take care of them at the hospital they're boarded there but like macaws and stuff like that but oh, yeah. guinea pigs like we're not brave it's mostly cats and dogs that come in yeah so guinea really pigs that's there. a weird one because it's a weird weird size too because that's not kitten sized it's a little no. bigger and that's not dog sized it's and I'm sure their physiology is very strange. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. It's re- when you see the first time, because like yourself, I never really handled guinea pigs really at all. Because I'm like, shit, I was doing a zoo. I was doing heavy exotics. Yeah. You know? And I was volunteering there and working there at the job, too. And you never, like, you just, you see the feet, like the back feet of them. They're like three inches long or maybe <laughs> two inches long. Like It's fascinating. Utterly fascinating. Like, Google guinea pig feet and you will be in a bright oh, pain. I'm gonna after we get done with this, I'm gonna go Google guinea pig feet. That's you it's a 50-50 shot. You're either disgusted or you're fascinated. It's all you're really <laughs> well, you know, after I discovered how utterly bizarre rabbits are, like rabbits are really hard to treat. Oh I God, just, yes. I don't know if you've had much experience with those, but oh yes. I take care of those too, actually, there and oh. Yeah, that's they have to trim down their. This is now like a fact show for people in case they was wondering. But <laughs> you you have to like give them something to chew on. It's why they love carrots and everything else because yeah. if they don't trim down their teeth, they will grow into the jaw. Or, or perhaps like if they don't keep doing stuff with their teeth, uh, it could grow into the skull. Yes, 
Like, no, I never knew that till a couple months ago. I was like, fascinated. Like, holy shit, really? And we had one. She kind of was doing that. And it was like causing seizures, migraines, all sorts of crazy shit. Blindness, like nuts. Absolutely nuts. Oh, it can be terrible. I actually, (laughs) this is the goofiest. Well, it wasn't goofy at the time. But um, people would drop off rabbits at the Playboy Mansion and shove them under the gates. Like, for real. I could believe that. I could, I, I could, when I worked at the zoo, they dropped off pythons and dogs and tortoises. Oh, yeah. Right? And cats. And while we had a cat, she was going to go into the black swan exhibit. And we're like, oh, shit, they're oh, going to kill her. And no. he was, he was crippled. And he's like kind of blind in one eye. And he was having seizures. And I, the black swans, they were okay with me. But as soon as that cat went in there, it would have, oh, oh. Oh, yeah. Oh, that oh. would have been okay. <laughs> there was also like 10 feet down, the ocelot was in there. <laughs> So oh, no. either way, that cat was gonna die, and I'm like, we gotta yes. capture this cat. Uh, did you get him? Yeah. Oh, we got him. Oh, we got him. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's that's the thing. You could do a show. People have asked me to come on, and at the time, it, I I left in COVID this year to go work at the hospital because the zoo was kind of in an iffy situation, yeah. furloughs, all that other jazz. But so I was like, I need a job, job, and so we're doing that. So I was taking care of animals there, and also doing other jobs and. We're working, and you just there's so many stories you could tell, and I didn't want to tell them there because they're kind of iffy and get those getting out the public. So like, as soon as I'm gone, I'll tell. Then that's right. going to be incriminating or anything like that. But they're just really crazy ones, like rhino getting out almost, and uh, people trying to break right. out a tiger, guy in werewolf mask climbing into the tiger fence. Like I, you, you oh, never know. Yeah, it's nuts, and it's it insane. Maybe one day I'll do a special on like YouTube or something. I don't know. Like. I knew a monkey, or not, well, he was a monkey, but I feel dirty saying that. It was a baboon. <laughs> Bipolar disorder. He would capture birds that went into the exhibit and throw them over the moat and wait <gasps> for me to come pick them up. Oh, oh they were dead. God. They were hella. And he would come up in the tree there on the moat and start jacking off and looking at me. Because he's like, that... I want you to know I'm the boss of this exhibit. Like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> that is amazing. That yeah. sounds that sounds like baboon. That that yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then one of them, one of them in the pack there was like really friendly. She'd come up and say hi and all that stuff. Like she loved to just chill, chill with me at the window, and she just loved. It. She'd always call to me. I'd call back, and it was this whole thing. And then meanwhile, Moja's like throwing dead birds. <laughs> it's a hell of a thing. You just never knew. You never knew what would happen. Like, and then like on my lunchtime, I'm working on comic book scripts and journals. Like. Yeah, boring has never been a word I think in our lives for a long time, yeah. <laughs> to say the least. Actually, that's what I used to do when I worked at uh, at the Playboy Mansion on on lunch. Yeah. They're working on uh, comic book scripts and. <laughs> See, people think they just sit on lunch and just watch YouTube videos all the time. I have you well, know that's a quarter of the time, <laughs> not all the yeah, time. Yeah, exactly. Only if it related to um, the animals I was keeping or my scripts. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, that's true. Very true. Well, I just want to say we're coming to the end of the show, and I want to say is thank you for coming on to the show. This has been a blast. Oh, this was so much fun. I, I hope I talked enough about comics and not too much about dinosaurs. But or uh, animals. Listen, we've talked we talked enough about comics, but we could we could do a science show. I mean, <laughs> it's really good. Yes. Oh, oh, it's. I do want to put you on this podcast where people want a full animal podcast. It's a guy who does a lot of stuff on YouTube. He's done stuff for Good Morning America, and he's really – he's younger. And he's a couple years older than me, so he's probably, like, maybe early 30s, mid-20s. And uh-huh. he does a lot of exotic animal stuff, and he brings on people to a podcast. You would love it. It's Animals to the Max. Oh, okay. Oh, I will definitely check this out. <laughs> Please. There's shark people who come on there, which I used to take care of sharks, like bamboo sharks, mix with stingrays. I oh, love baby bamboo sharks. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh, I love them. I love aquatics so much. I want to retire in an aquarium one day and just make comics when I'm on when I'm off the clock. That's all I want to do. That's the goal. Yes, right now. I would I would have loved to work with those guys. <laughs> oh, if you ever do, I'm gonna give you a fair warning. Is I don't have you ever pet a shark before? Yes, yes. You have okay, so you know the texture of them and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Then yeah. I wanna say is it's always kind of funny because they always have to give the warning, like, hey, they could take a chunk out of you. But if, like, a baby bamboo shark takes a chunk out of you, it's not a chunk. It's kind of like, I don't even know what the, it's like, what is it? It wouldn't even, maybe compare, depending on how much, if he actually bit you and decided to rip off a piece. It would maybe compare to, like, a sewing needle with a ballpoint <laughs> end. And it wouldn't even be one of those. Like, it was, it's really like that. Like, it would it matter? Like, it would it give you a scar? Probably. It'd probably show in a tan. 
but would it be kind of funny? Yeah, I knew with some stitches. One stitch is all it would be. The worst, the worst scar I have is actually from a seagull. So was it? So, yeah. <laughs> yes, I love it. I love, but you got to check out Corbin's to the max. I mean, I'm being honest. You would love it. So they're, they're very factual. He's a very cool host. He kind of reminds me of myself and personality a little bit, but he's, he brings on some people that I am just fascinated with. He brings on zookeepers. He brings in so many types of people. Any well, YouTube I cannot show. wait to actually my whole afternoon. I'm just queuing up some podcasts and working on prepping this fossil. So Yes. I'm ready. You're prepping a fossil this week? Oh. I'm at, I'm at work, so I'm on lunch right now. And I'm, yeah, I'm currently working on a big old uh, diplodocus uh, neck. You're working on a diplodocus neck right now? Yep, yep. I'm, gonna, I'm jealous. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> I haven't been to the lab in like a year or two because I work in film too. So I was doing a whole year of film and I could not get time to go. So I haven't been there to lab in so much a long, long time. And I'm like, damn well, it, I miss it. Well, you're just sitting there at lunch. Oh, consider this your siren call to make it oh, happen. Oh, <laughs> it's all online meetings, too. Oh, okay. Well, that's a hell of a way to end the show. You know what? <laughs> it's great. I love it. It's amazing. You also, too, by the way, if you do anything else or if you want to, like, I don't know. We're having a science show possibly in development on a network I work on. I would love to have you on that show because oh, fantastic. I would be yeah. thrilled. Sweet. It, it, you know, well, that's a good excuse to talk full time about animals and fossils. <laughs> be great. Absolutely. My favorite, well, some of my favorite subjects. <laughs> Before you go though, do you have any social media though you want to promote? Because they always tell me to ask this and I know we're, I'm iffy on social media myself, but yeah. Sure. Yeah. Actually I have uh, Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. And it's just my name, Corina Becco. Um, oh. So if Easy. you can actually manage to spell my name, which most people can't, <laughs> you'll find me. It's fair. It's very fair. My girlfriend, she's Michaela, and it's spelled differently, and we never find the cup. I love her to death, but we can never find a cup with her name on it, and it's it's absolutely killer. <laughs> that's that's a hard one. Good friend yeah. of mine's niece is named Michaela, and yeah, I know that name. I've yeah. never found anything for her. <laughs> it's like, damn it, I got to custom make it. But well, thank you. Like I said, thank you for coming on to the show. I'll let you get back to it. Give this a plot because my love. And oh, just ye pleasure having you on the show. Great. Thank and, you so and, much for having me on. This was, this was really fun. Of course. Likewise. Likewise. Now I'll talk, I'll, I'll let you know too, when the episode comes out and such like that, but oh, you, have, yeah. So, yeah, it's going to be a little bit, but cause we're in the middle of doing some stuff, but it's going to be a little bit, but, you have yourself a good rest of the day, okay? Thank you. You too. Thank you. Bye. Bye.